Memorial Stadium. Since 1962. Since 1962. A sellout crowd. A sellout crowd. All sold out. Hey, we sold out, but we still saved you a seat. The sellout with Mitch Sherman and Max Olson. Hello and welcome into The Sellouts. I'm Mitch Sherman. Max Olson is here with me on a rainy Monday at Memorial Stadium. Just kind of gloomy everywhere today, Max, <laughs> I'd say. But, uh, you know, spring football is here, so we're going to talk about positive, at least football, things today. Football we, things. We have, lots of, we have lots of football things to talk about. I, I don't know that... I mean, we'll keep it to a half hour, but we could certainly go a lot longer. It was it was nice to, um, I don't know, Mitch. Was it was it nice to finally get to talk to people involving Nebraska football? Yeah, it's been since Black Friday, really, since we talked to any players or assistant coaches at Nebraska. That was not a good day for the Huskers. You know what kind of a mood they were in then. Uh, heard from Scott Frost on December eighteenth, and then today, just like overload, eight. Nebraska football players met with the media after their first practice of the spring this morning, followed by Scott Frost, and then every assistant coach, minus Ryan Held, who was awaiting the birth of a child, and was excused from interviews today. So lots to chew on after the first of 15 practices that will occur in March and April, what uh, what did you think? How are uh, how are things for you, Max? Oh, it, it was it was good. Good way to to start a uh, busy week. It, it feels like spring ball is definitely upon us here, and got we got. I'm just coming off the road from being being out in Texas for a week. I'm going to be on the Andy Staples podcast tomorrow to talk national things. So it's uh, spring break's finally kind of rolling here. That's uh, that's exciting, Exci- exciting. So we are going to get into it. Um, we should probably start with the quarterbacks. I feel like that's the the issue that is always of most importance, and today is no exception. Yeah. Scott Frost told us uh, what we essentially all knew already, that Adrian Martinez had off-season surgery, and it was to prepare, repair an issue with his non-throwing shoulder. So of note, Adrian Martinez was not in attendance Monday among the four offensive players who met with the media. Um, a little surprised by that. We chatted yeah. about who would who would be here today before things got started. Uh, we heard from a couple of offensive linemen, uh, the two seniors, the bookends on the offensive line, Matt Farniak, Brendan Hymas, one of those bookends, Farniak, maybe moving inside. To play next uh, to. Right. To play Brendan next Hymas. to, to yeah. Brendan Hymas. We heard from, from uh, Jack Stoll on, on the offensive side. Uh, defensively, we heard from Cam Taylor-Britt, DiCaprio Boodle, Perhaps Nebraska's uh, bookend uh, cornerbacks. We heard from we heard from uh, Colin Miller. Uh, among you left out Wandale Robinson. Wandale Robinson. Got I to le- hear from Wandale. I left out Wandale Robinson. Yes. So it was a busy. Yeah. It was a busy Monday for sure. Um, and we heard about Luke McCaffrey. Did not see Luke McCaffrey. Did not see any quarterbacks. Scott Frost was asked early in the press conference today about Luke McCaffrey's availability this spring and what position he would play, specifically if he would get any snaps at wide receiver where the Huskers are notably thin with J.D. Spielman out um, because of his personal health situation that has him back home in Minnesota for the spring and just four scholarship wide receivers on hand. And the answer was... No, Luke McCaffrey is going to play quarterback and compete for the starting job this spring. And if the situation presents itself that he is a backup, uh, did not put a timetable on this, but if it does in the future, presumably next fall, then they would look at some other options to get McCaffrey right. 
on the field. What um, what do you make of all that we heard about the quarterbacks, in particular those two, Martinez and McCaffrey? Yeah, I you know I I, I th- you knew it was going to be broached in some way. I think you and I are both a little bit surprised Adrian Martinez wasn't here since he's you know certainly still one of the captains of this team. And I guess you could you could write that off as well. He's coming off the injury and 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 all that. But a little bit surprising from a leadership standpoint that he's not here. You know, so be it. Um, Would have been interesting to talk to him about about where he's at. I think it seemed like Scott Frost is is generally. I'm curious the sense you got, but it sounded like he he feels like Adrian is in a good place um, at this point in the off season, um, in in sort of trying to bounce back from from uh, you know a sophomore season that um, you know certainly had uh, more downs than ups in in some ways. Um, I, I think that uh, you know he he said kind of the company line about every every position is a competition and all that, but um, you know did also explicitly say Adrian Martinez. You know, gets the first starting reps in this group. Probably gets the most starting reps, and I, I don't know. I, I where where's your sense of you know? Certainly, you were able to be around Mario Verduzco and some other assistants today. Where's your sense of just this this process for Adrian Martinez of getting ready for year three? I actually maybe it was just that my expectations were so so low as far as what we were going to hear today with specifics as they relate to the quarterbacks. Yeah, but I was surprised that we got as much as we did that. Frost went into some details about Martinez's injury that he said he's getting the number one team reps mm-hmm. right off the bat, that there was a possibility down the road that they I mean, would look he, at I mean, he specifically McCaffrey named the injury positions. finally, he which did. is something that they are usually pretty reticent to do. Yeah, I I, I have no, uh, no issues with Frost and the way that he handled uh, the release of information about anything having yeah, to do with that Adrian was Martinez. Much appreciated, for I, sure. I, I do wish that they had they had brought Adrian to the to the presser, but uh, you know, I, I, there's not. We we didn't mention Ben Stilley at the top. Another guy, another <laughs> was guy who was there for a few minutes trying to think right. of the last one. Ben Stilley was there, right? It was just I, I knew I mentioned seven guys. Yeah, ben, okay. ben Stilley was there. I I got a similar sense from Verduzco that we heard from Frost. I think they were on the same page very much about their their um you know their comments on Martinez. Verduzco said essentially the same thing that Adrian is in a good place right now as he gets going in spring ball. And he's not going to do everything. He's somewhat limited. They don't want him in any way out there taking a hit. So the quarterbacks, they wear green jerseys in the spring. We saw a picture posted on on the Nebraska Twitter feed of Luke McCaffrey out at practice this morning. He's in the green jersey. They're all in green jerseys. Logan Smothers, Noah Vedrill, Martinez. But the way that Verduzco explained it, if they get into a drill where the quarterbacks are doing something that's specific to the run game, it's likely Adrian's going to sit that out. All the throwing stuff, He's fine. He can go. There's no limitations on his throwing since it was his left shoulder that uh, was a problem at the end of last season. So, you know, I don't think it inhibits the the QB competition all that much. He should be able to do primarily what they're looking for him to do and and, and get a gauge of of who the guy is. I, but, I, but I also got the sense that Noah Vedral or Luke McCaffrey is going to have to significantly outplay Adrian Martinez all through the spring in order to wrestle that job away from him. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I think that's that's totally a, a fair way to, um, to to read it, and uh, I think it would probably take a lot, or it would take another injury, I imagine, um, 
to get yeah. to a point where you and I were talking about this as as if, well, what should what, what's Nebraska going to do at quarterback if it's it doesn't feel wide open at this point, and you know you didn't really hear players. I mean, I suppose they weren't asked necessarily, but you didn't really hear players stepping out and saying like, "Oh, Adrian's our guy. Adrian's got to be the guy." All this kind of stuff. I think was it Brendan Hymus who was asked, or, or Farniak was asked. You know, kind of does it matter who's back there? And they they say no, it doesn't matter. You know, we're all going to play hard and all that. That was kind of standard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was Hymus. Farniak. Farniak gave a little more insight into what he's seen from Adrian over the last couple months. They were co-captains on the offensive yeah. side last year, so he talked about his leadership, but. Uh, yeah, all of the things that you'd expect to hear from teammates and coaches about Adrian today. I think the, the respect level among the players for Adrian uh, and what he can do and what he's done so far um, is still extremely high. So I, I wouldn't expect any of that to change, even you know, even as they struggle. And look, Scott Frost, I think, has the right perspective on it because he's done it. He's been in those shoes before of, look, when the team struggles and the quarterback struggles, it, the, the spotlight is just so much brighter on you than on everybody else's uh, mistakes, and, and that's what happened last year. Yeah, we heard it from Frost. He said, I've lived it when when talking about what Martinez went through at the end of last season. And, and you know, I, I chatted with Verduzco some, and I'll have a piece um, on Tuesday up on The Athletic mm-hmm. about Martinez and everything that he went through last year. Talked to Verduzco about the way that Martinez handled it and how much Verduzco as a quarterback's coach is okay with his quarterbacks wearing their emotions on their sleeve. I, I think, Adrian, you, you, you saw the frustration at times last year. You saw it at Colorado after that first loss that was just uh, devastating for that team and its growth. You saw it, I thought, at Purdue. Um, and then certainly uh, after the Iowa game, the, the, it, the things just it, – it, it, that, was, that was the end. So it was, uh, it was a really disappointing day for Nebraska. And Martinez was one of the guys who, um, who let his emotions out um, – the most so Verduzco says that's okay as long as as it's within the framework of the personality of that quarterback mm-hmm. so with McCaffrey or Vedril you know you may see that express similar frustration expressed in a different way because their personalities are different so uh, I thought it was interesting to, to hear about that but there there will be um, you know this is going to be a, a, a story that continues to develop I don't know that we're going to get the kind of insight that we got on Monday uh, all throughout the spring on these guys, but it's great to have you know now a new baseline of knowledge of where the quarterbacks are at. You can kind of reset things from either Black Friday or, or December 18th when we last heard from Scott Frost and say, okay, now we know on March 9th this is a position during the off season and this is the spot where these quarterbacks are. And right now, you know, nothing has changed in my mind as far as who I anticipate to be the starter against Purdue in Week One. Well, yeah, and just to put a bow on this, I. You know, when, when, when Scott Frost talks about Adrian Martinez being uh, limited, especially in a context setting, I guess it makes me wonder, do, I mean, do you think we'll even see him in the spring game? Or do you think the spring game is more a matter of this is the chance to really see just how far along the younger guys are and, and how sort of how how much progress they've made this off, which is it is really important to make that progress because, <laughs> you know, as we saw, they got called on a few different times last season. I, do, do you think we'll even see Adrian play at the – you know, at the end of spring ball here, or does it matter at all? It's a good question. I think if if Adrian has a good spring in the eyes of the coaches, then there's no reason to put him out there for that last scrimmage. Right. I could also see a situation where he plays one or two series and there's no possible way that he runs the ball on, mm-hmm. on, on any of those possessions. If, you know, only they know 
how suspect that shoulder is at this point and, and, and how what the chance is of an injury recurring if he is to take uh, a, a, you know an unexpected hit or if he falls down on the turf. They're, they're not going to risk anything. Uh, and, sure. and, and even if it's, it's a heated competition, you know, if McCaffrey or Vedral gains on him, I don't think they're going to put Martinez in a position where, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's compromised at all. They can, they can pick up, uh, where, where they, where they left off in, uh, in, in the first week of August and say, okay, now, you know, now it's time to get, to get real. All right. So Mitch, we, we, we did the obligatory long opening on the quarterbacks. We had to do that. What stood out to you? What, what were you sort of curious to gauge, um, uh, you know, on this on this Monday morning as spring ball begins? Obviously, only one practice in the book, so there's not really a whole lot of intel to be gleaned yeah. from just one practice. But what were you looking for? Maybe this is just me being strange, but I, it's it's been so so long since we've heard from these players. I, I was curious about their mood, about just the 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 feeling in the air today when these guys. We're back in public. They've been underground for so long. I asked a few of the guys about the personality that they see developing with this team. I mean, because every team is its own animal. You know, yeah. there's a lot of guys returning, essentially every starter on the offensive side. But still, this team is going to have a dynamic within the locker room that's different from the 2019 team or the 2018 team. Um, and I'm got, sure they want to, right? I'm sure yeah. they want to move on and right. and, and kind of start anew. I mean, sure. you heard Wandale today. Uh, you know he he he's in a different position clearly as a leader on this on on this group than he was at any point in his true freshman season. So there's just one example right now of how the personality of this team is different. I I really got a sense from asking three or four guys about that and a couple of assistant coaches that they are not in the mood this year from December of 19 through September of 2020 to get cute to give us really anything to work with in the media. You know, Cam Taylor Britt had the sweatshirt that like 50 people at the press conference tweeted out, humble over hype. Those were the words <laughs> across his shirt. He was the I, first I, to go to the podium. I, I like that. Uh, I think uh, he I think he was asked, and uh, several players were asked, sort of like, what's the message of the offseason? And, and Cam Taylor was like, uh, look at my sweatshirt. I mean, I've been wearing the sweatshirt a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's indicative of what we're going to hear and see from from now through April 18th and then picking up again at Big 10 Media Days and in, in August. They're not they're they're, just, they're not going to throw a lot out there. You know, occasionally you're going to get a quote that is going to go up online and people are going to say, "Well, there they go spouting off again." But I think those moments are and, and what are you supposed to say, really? I mean, nobody's going to come out and say, "Well, we want to win 6 games" or, you know, "We hope to uh <laughs> You know, it's it's they're 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 athletes. They're they're they they're going to try to get feel some confidence. Uh, I I I don't think it's fair to be critical every time this team attempts to get a bit of swagger. At the same time, <laughs> you're not going to hear a lot of that this, this this year. So it's it's kind of a conundrum for for Scott Frost and so, his coach these players. So to what be do you in. you want them to come off like all, you know? neutered and calm at, at these things like no of course not you know what i mean like right that's just not who they i think the whole the whole state like takes its cues from well what's what's the vibe from frost what's the vibe from these like what should we expect from 2020 and so it's the it is interesting right and scott kind of brought this up today like the messaging it, you always like kind of have to be careful because people are are very quick to take 
even the the smallest shred of good news. They're hyper aware or, of everything or, or he says. good, um, you know, just like just just the slightest sense of like, oh, this person's playing really well lately, and to jump to oh. We're gonna we're gonna win the league, league win the league this year. You know what as I mean? Like as he said, you're all gonna go out and make bets that we win the Super Bowl. Yeah, that, that's right. That's that was, right. That was Frost comment. You know, he didn't he didn't want to. He he was leery to say anything good about the way that Nebraska practiced on Monday. He said, you know, I, I could come out here and say this was the best first practice of spring we've ever had, but you know, I don't want to inspire these 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 crazy <laughs> dreams from our fans. So it's, I, it's, it's, well, it's funny, Mitch, because like I so during the press conference today, I didn't ask very many questions, but one of them I did ask was I asked Brandon Hymas, you know, does it feel like this thing is starting to turn? Do you do you feel like this is going to turn a little bit quicker than than maybe most people might think? And like you really didn't hear those questions today, other than the one I asked, because I don't know that people like kind of care to hear that spin at this point, right? I think they want to hear about the incremental improvement. They want to hear about what is Nebraska doing to change things. Like I didn't, I just, I didn't really hear a lot of people. I didn't hear a lot of people asking it. I didn't hear people, a lot of people saying like, oh, we feel like this is going to be a hell of a year. I think the media and the players have a pretty good sense of what their readers and yeah. in the, in the, in the, in the situation with the players, what their fans want to hear. And not a lot of people want to hear those quotes right now that this thing is about to turn. Right. That's got to come after Nebraska goes undefeated in September. <laughs> I mean, and if it doesn't, you got to string like five or six wins together before you start doing that. It's yeah, fair. Yeah. I get that. I get that. It's just a different mood around this place than I think that we, we we've seen uh, at any point in the Scott Frost era. And really at any point in, in quite some time, because before when things had gotten uh, pessimistic in the kind of sense that they are after two straight losing seasons, you know, it was, all right, let's go get the coach and bring and bring in somebody new. And that's obviously not the, uh, the MO right now for the, for this program. It's just the opposite. In fact, they're putting more resources behind Scott Frost to try to turn this thing around. No, so. It's very, I, that is, I guess that was the theme of the day, right? I think day by day is the thing they're probably going by and that's, they're, they're trying to just, you know, I mean, it's like the Chip Kelly deal that he was around at Oregon where let's not get caught up in the big picture and let's just get a little bit better every day. It is, and it's like the most boring thing to, yep. to discuss. Sure is, but but that's how we get better at podcasts too. You just day by day, one at a time, you know. <laughs> right, pod by pod, pod by pod. <laughs> <laughs> we asked this of you, our loyal listeners, last week, but we want to hear more. You all know so much about us from our barbecue, gas station, pizza, and weather fixations, but we don't know anything about you. So please click on the link in the show notes and fill out a quick survey telling us all about you. The survey is 11 questions and will take less than a minute, I promise. So head to the show notes for today's episode and click on the link. Scott Frost and Matt Lubick on yep. center stage today for the first time. We heard from Matt Lubick. You heard from Matt Lubick. Uh, Max uh, sat with Matt Lubick and, and uh, got a lot of insight into Nebraska's new offensive coordinator and receivers coach. I thought, notably, what stood out to me, Frost said he saw receivers doing things today that he had not in two years at Nebraska. So hmm. that does not reflect extremely well on Troy Walters, which I don't believe is a great way for Frost to tackle this situation. But yeah, that's uh, it's in the past. That's uh, it's, I, I think they just need to move on from that whole thing. Um, and he didn't mention Troy Walters' name. Nobody mentioned Troy Walters' name. Mario Verduzco echoed those comments by saying that his quarterbacks at times underthrew the receivers because they were expecting 
the guys not to come out of their routes as hard and crisp Ooh. as what Mario saw on Monday. So again, Mario <laughs> and Scott pretty, on the same page. That's pretty. That's pretty strong. Yeah. What what uh, what you what did you think of Matt Lubick? Yeah, I sat down um, with a you know large group of people um, and and listened and, and talked with Matt Lubick for about a half hour and um, you know definitely you, you know I, it, we, you kind of go into this with this expectation that he and, and Scott Frost are, are really really close and um, you know definitely get the sense that he was a guy that this was extremely obvious that he was going to be the guy for Nebraska he you know Scott Frost would call him before and during the season just to say hey. You know what are you seeing? And, and Matt Lubick would watch Nebraska's games and uh, be sort of a very unofficial consultant in some ways for Scott Frost um, to give him a little bit per- different perspective from watching TV copy and stuff. And so it's um, you, you can definitely sense that that there's a real bond there. And and certainly I think Matt Lubick, um, you know, he seems like a really sharp guy, one who is is eager to get to back to work after being out of the business for a year, and one who. Doesn't seem, you know, like he he seems totally content to take on this challenge that is Nebraska's wide receiver room. Obviously, he doesn't know J.D. Spielman. I mean, J, he, he mentioned that J.D. Spielman basically went on his leave of absence right after Matt Lubick uh, got here. And so, you know, he's not as involved. Interesting. Yeah, he's not as involved in that process of talking with J.D. and getting him back into the fold and all that. Um but he's taking what he's working with, and and certainly it's hard to project out. You know, he's excited about the the, the receivers they have coming in during the summer. But for now, uh, with four scholarship receivers in practice and a bunch of walk ons, you you do the best you can to to get those guys uh, reps and get them better. And I and I think I'm I'm curious for your sense on this, but it certainly sounds like he comes in and will influence uh, what they're going to do on offense. Yeah, this isn't just a glorified receivers coach. He's he's involved with the quarterbacks. He's involved with the scheme. He is going to be talking with Scott Frost more about the fundamentals of this offense and what they want to achieve than any of the other coaches on the staff. I think everybody else is going to stick to their tight ends or their offensive line, running backs, quarterbacks, where where Matt Lubick uh, is, is somewhat free to roam with with his influence over this offense that's I mean, he, uh, he's the guy who when scott frost left oregon matt lubick became the play caller there yeah so um from a play calling standpoint even though scott frost is truly the oc and calling the plays um i think he's gonna have a lot of influence yeah uh probably more influence than what you saw with walters over the last two years and, and i yeah I, I think that they grew apart a bit that the move to the big ten for the dynamic between Scott Frost and Troy Walters did not prove to be a good thing, that it was a good fit at UCF, and there were challenges in the Big Ten. There were problems posed by Big Ten defenses that undermined what Frost and Walters did to achieve success at uh, at UCF. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it remains to be seen if this dynamic between Frost and Lubick is ready for the challenge that is going to be posed by Ohio State and Penn State and Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, all backloaded on the Nebraska schedule next season. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, we're not going to know. We're not going to know a whole lot about the long term effect of this hire until we get deep into the 2020 season. Yeah. One thing I picked up on, though, is that Matt Lubick in, in, in coming into this organization, um, I think he, I got the sense he helped them a lot from the standpoint of, you know, when with all the spare time they had in the offseason with not going to a bowl, 
um, you know, once again, all that, like they had time to really self scout, to really dig into uh, the tape of the 2019 season. And, and Matt Lubick wanted to watch every single play of the season and, and figure out what went wrong on each one. And if there's things that they can fix, let's fix them. And if there's things that aren't working, then get rid of them. And so I think, uh, I think that's healthy. I think it's healthy to have some fresh eyes come in. Um, certainly he's playing catch up on learning their terminology and all that. But um, this is a guy who, you know, I think is going to help Scott for like they, they mentioned today, the tempo was up. And, and part of that is, um, you know, part of that is because this is their third third time doing this, so it's it's a little bit easier to to crank up the expectations of what you're asking your players a little bit. But um, and and that's tough on the receivers because the numbers are so low. But this is a guy who I think can help Scott Frost steer this offense um, towards a, you know evolving in the direction that it needs to to be more effective in the in the Big Ten. And and certainly when you you see the decline they had in 2019, um, that's that's got to be something that they, they take very seriously. Of how do you fine tune it? Yeah. Speaking of receivers, Alante Brown took a slant to the house today in practice. Oh my God. All Big Ten. Let's let's anoint him right now. Early enrolling freshman. So talk about hype. Let's uh let's not get too excited about that yet. <laughs> maybe maybe if he does it in the spring game. Last thing I want to talk about, special teams. Here's what we heard from Frost. He brought in Jonathan Rutledge, as we knew, senior special teams analyst from Auburn, had the same role there. Sounds like beyond the work of Jonathan Rutledge in the office as an analyst, it's going to be a total team effort among the assistants to implement special teams coaching. I, I'm not totally sold on this. Uh, Frost knows his team much better than me, but I thought we heard some mixed messages here. For instance, Frost said that he didn't want to, quote, burden Mike Dawson, the outside linebackers coach, to do more than his share with special teams. I understand that on its face. I'm also of the opinion that special teams should not be considered a burden at any time for (laughs) assistant coaches or players or the head coach. Then Frost came back and stressed the importance of special teams, saying that Nebraska lost three or four games last season because of poor play in, in that area and that it was going to be stressed in every practice, in everything that they do, and that all of the assistant coaches would be involved in one way or another with making that Nebraska a better special teams. I mean, he's not wrong. Operation. He's not wrong when he says three or four games. I mean, that's a lot. It, that's yeah. not the only thing it came down to, but uh, the, there's certainly many times last season where you can you can think back to uh, whether it was kicks or kickoff returns or I mean it 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 was a problem in every way. Yeah, special teams killed Nebraska against Colorado, and then I think you can make a case against Wisconsin and Iowa with those kickoff returns in the spots of the of, of those games. That uh, they were they were they were very very <laughs> costly yeah. costly mistakes. Do they win three or four more games if the special teams is in order? Maybe if they're the best special teams uh, operation in the country. But um, anyway, but by, by the way, didn't didn't really get a very good sense uh, as we start spring ball that they have a good idea who their kicker is this year. No, no mention of Chase Contreras. I asked about the kicking situation. Frost, you know, pointed to having more work to do in recruiting, which. That's uh, time's getting short. If you're going to find a kicker, you know maybe they're looking at the grad transfer market. Uh, I don't really know that, that that there's there's a lot out there still on the 2020 rec- recruiting um, market. They do have Tyler Crawford, a walk on from from the state of Oklahoma, coming in as a as a, a kicker this summer. But you know Contreras has done it at the junior college level, made 15 out of 18 field goals a year ago at Iowa Western. So I got to think. He's the guy. He's certainly the guy this spring. 
uh, unless they're going to go back to Lane McCallum. <laughs> he's the, <laughs> or four other people that they could go to. Yes, yeah, right. He's the, uh, Contreras is the guy this spring, and we didn't hear his name brought up. So it's a work in progress, what they're going to do with the kicker. Uh, losing well, Barrett Pickering was... Did, was I, uh, did you ask, like, it probably would, if, if, if they are assigning out the special teams duties to everybody... Who's in charge of the kickers? Well, I think Rutledge is. Uh, okay. That's what he, he's he's succeeded with kickers and punters at Auburn. Now he can bring that's those true. guys into the office. He can he can talk to them on the field. He can watch them on the field. But uh, you know they're walking a fine line if he's going to be out there quote coaching them on the field. That's just that's that's not in the job description yeah, for an analyst. It's against the rules. Yeah, you're right. So again, we'll see on special teams. <laughs> I, I think it's. Uh, you know, much like the the, the Matt Lubick Scott Frost success, uh, and wh- where they go in in reshaping this offense or in making this offense more efficient, uh, special teams is things are not all solved here on day one of spring practice. Yeah, well, that you know, that's I mean, Mitch, that's that's the whole that's the whole deal here in the spring. Is I, I'm I'm sure after a few months here of kind of going underground and 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 kind of digging into what's wrong, um, I'm sure they have some answers. But the question is, can you can you go get your players to execute what you want to fix. Right. So, um, I don't know where, where's your, as we, as we begin this spring, like one to 10, like where's your optimism at this point on how to, what, what should we say? Where's your optimism on Nebraska is significantly better in 2020. Yeah. My optimism is not extremely high there. Um, I think Nebraska is in a position where it will execute better just because the key players in the program are older, more experienced, have been through it one more time. The coaches have been through it one more time. I think they've made some changes that have the potential to upgrade uh, on the coaching staff. But there's a, you know, there's a lot more that has to be proven with right. these guys. I mean, my optimism level. A lot of level, puzzle pieces that haven't been snapped together right. yet. On a yeah. scale of one to ten, you know, my optim optim my optimism is at like a 5.5. Okay. So <laughs> you know, just above the mid. You sounded like point. you're going to go lower. I, Cause I was going to say, well, five is like, to me, five is like, that's, that's, that's as, that's as <laughs> just, good as you can get without saying it's bad. <laughs> that's dangerous, but potentially I, I was going to say like six. And, and I would argue if you're talking any higher than a six, then you're like, probably drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit yeah. just because there's just so much we don't know yet. And it's not like it's a matter of, Oh, you've got everybody back and you just run it back. And if you're healthier and, and make little tweaks here and there, they're going to win a ton of games. I think there's just a lot that hasn't been, that hasn't come together yet. And uh, on this day, on March 9th, you, you, you can say there's still a ton of work they have to do. Look, this podcast and taping it today has clarified for me, you know, it's crystallized in front of me that, there was just a lot of real talk today. And in a way, that's refreshing. Yeah. There weren't guys out there saying that Nebraska, nobody talked about winning the Big Ten West. Or, right. You know, being at the Big Ten Championship. Or no game. one said, you know, we were better than y'all gave us credit for or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, pretty, it's pretty apparent to everybody. Um, so, in that sense, yeah. they kind of gave the fans, I think, what they were looking for. And here we are saying, oh, man, I, I, <laughs> my optimism <laughs> is down based on what I heard. And that's not the case. Um, you know, I, I generally liked what Nebraska had to say today, and I think that most of the messages that we heard um, were were right on right on par with what they should have been. All right, how about we do this? Okay, for this is for the listeners, our loyal listeners. Tweet us with your number from 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 zero to ten of where your optimism's at to start spring ball here. 
feel free to elaborate, feel free to explain. But I actually want to hear kind of like where maybe we should start a poll or something. I'd like to hear kind of where people are at at this point because it does seem like there is some apathy this offseason, but it's almost oh, like yeah. that's probably done out of caution of like people being like, I don't want to get hurt again. You know, people are checked. People are checked out, and, yeah. you know, and we're trying to get them to check back in because we want you to listen to our podcast and, and, and we read, really our, do. read our stories. They're yeah. not all going to be, uh, they're not all going to be sunshine, but uh, you know, like, uh, like the Huskers delivered today. I think, I think uh, there will be more real talk throughout this spring and the rest of the off season. So uh, we'll get back to you with those numbers the next time we tape an episode. Yeah, please do. Everyone hit us up. All right. That's all for today. Uh, you can hear Max later this week on the Andy Staple Show. Please subscribe to our show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Read my stories on Nebraska and Max's college football stories on The Athletic. If you're not a subscriber, go to theathletic.com forward slash the sellouts for 40% off the first year. As always, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys.